Hello, everybody. We are doing part four of the Sweeney Todd Theater. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can take an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, professional development, and workshops. I actually did do a lot of work on this last night. And I think what I want to focus on is the mouth because his mouth is looking very wonky right now and I want to get that going. Particularly, there's something weird about the angle, but I also think I need to change the width. I think he's a little bit too wide. So let me go in and see if I can get going with some of those adjustments. It's hard to make some of these adjustments when you're pretty far along, but they are pretty important when you notice that something just really isn't working. And I feel like I didn't quite make him, I don't know, his face is not long enough. So I like going in with a colored pencil on top. This is some acrylic ink that I added. It's a white acrylic ink. And I think it should work well because it has a sort of ghostly look to it. And I need to change some of the angles of the eyebrows. So right now it's just a lot of tweaking. Because actually I noticed that his bags under his eyes need to be more pronounced. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Hmm. Trying to figure out what's wrong with the mouth. I wonder if it's I figure out if I need to lower it. I think it might just be the angle. Maybe this needs to go a little higher. I mean, this is the point in the process when things are really unclear. Let's go in and get some acrylic ink going. So I always recommend to people to shake it like this and squirt a little bit out because this white especially gets too thin. All right, let me use my, I guess I'll use this one. This is like an acrylic ink brush. Well, no, acrylic brush. I mean, you could use it for oil as well. Hi, everybody. Sorry, I messed up in YouTube. I accidentally made the time 12.55. So apologies if that was confusing to people. And actually, you know what I can do? I can lower this a little bit more. Oh, shoot. Of course, now I messed up my webcam. Okay, hang on, you guys. <laughs> Give me a second. I'll be right back. I do this all the time where I bump my webcam and then it disconnects. So apologies for that. Okay, I think I have to reset this. For now, you can all look at the workshops we are doing in March and April, which I'm very excited about. Color palettes, drawing hands and feet, watercolor, selling your art, pricing your art. So if you guys want information on how to register, you can go down to the YouTube video description below and you will see we do have a link to the workshop. Okay, I think I'm going to not fiddle <laughs> with my, <laughs> I guess, my camera that was sort of dumb. Okay, I don't know if maximize that. 
There we go. Now we're back. Okay. All right, Aaron, let's fix your mouth. Mouth is going to drive me crazy. I just know it. Oh, it's so frustrating when it's just this like one spot. And the thing is, I'm working from multiple reference photos. And so that doesn't really make it any easier. Because what I have here is a front view. But the reference I'm using is a side view. So I have to figure out how to get the angle working here. Oh, wait a second. I have to make one format adjustment. Sorry, I just realized something. I'll be right back. I'm glad you guys are cool with all my silly tech problems. Because there's always something. By the way, everybody, tell me in the chat, what are you working on right now? What projects do you have going? And how is it going in general with your projects? Because this piece was sort of depressing me for a little while. Just sat there for so long, but I think I did give it new life. I think, I hope. And I do really like this acrylic ink, this white acrylic ink. I, I never really thought I would like it because usually when I think about white, I think about it as a very opaque color. But what I like about the acrylic ink, the white acrylic ink, is that it is very thin. And so I was thinking this might be a better choice because of the smoky atmosphere of this painting, it seems like it might be a better fit. So everybody knows we are getting into the super slow part of the process when just stuff takes forever. And it looks like you're not making any progress at all, but that's the way it has to be. Painting is slow really slow in a lot of circumstances. Is anybody here a fast painter? Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm super, super slow. Or are you like me? Are you a slow painter? I just, I don't know, maybe I don't have the confidence quite yet to paint quickly. But I do feel a lot of it is in the, it just takes so many layers for things to get to that point. Yeah, so if you just joined us, what are your current projects? What are you working on? Because I love hearing about the range of things that people in our community are doing. It's really, really fun. I really want to get his teeth in here because his teeth have this weird grit. It's almost like he's lowering his lower lip way more. So I'm going to try to exaggerate that. We'll see how that goes. I also feel like with faces like one little thing makes all the difference. So even the smallest change in painting, I, I feel is just very impactful, which also unfortunately makes it a little bit stressful because you do feel like every little thing you do matters when you're changing up the mouth. So a lot of repainting today 
And I do like this colored pencil because I'm doing some acrylic ink, but I don't know. I, re I really want to control this. I feel like it's not very well controlled at this stage. I feel like I still need a lot of work. It's hard when you're using, I think I'm probably looking at three or four references. Ugh, it's really hard to get the angle of his teeth because they're sort of curved, but I don't want to make them too big. They just look really weird. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. <laughs> Manette says, super, superb oil day sketch instead. <laughs> Cute dog sitting on you. <laughs> Sometimes it's just irresistible. Okay, but Minette also says logo for my sister's jewelry. Banana has a watercolor pencil cityscape, but I think I goofed up the windows beyond repair. You know something, when I wasn't feeling so hot about my painting skills, which was a very long time, <laughs> multiple decades, I always had this thought that your painting would get a to a point where you couldn't fix things anymore. It would be too difficult. But you know something? <laughs> After doing a lot of really hard paintings recently, I realized that you can. It's just a mindset thing where you have to be stubborn enough to say, yes, if I plow ahead enough with this painting, I can get there. I mean, it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> it's not really something that I consider to be that entertaining, but it is possible. So Teresa says watercolor technique and exercise, but also a large mandala. Oh, I am not fast at digital. Oh God, you guys, I need to get better at digital because I think some of you have seen, I've been working on that Wasness poster and it's like, I can feel how much I don't know Photoshop. And especially if I want to work with other people, I need to have better file hygiene. Like I need to name layer, layers, which I never do. Because I never think about sharing the file with somebody else. I'm always just doing it myself, but I have to change that. Awesome. Harold is working on the anatomy art track. Well, fantastic. And I hope you will share with us your progress. If you're in the Discord, we do have a channel dedicated entirely to those tracks. And we love seeing what people are doing. Seek control, knitting a cap for your mental health, very important. So Banana Nut wants to know what size is the brush you're using? Ordered brushes online ended up way bigger than what I'm used to using. Should I use them with bigger paper? think so. I think you can find ways to use brushes at any scale. They just have a different role. And so probably what you'll need to do is get some smaller brushes, obviously, because those are too big. But you know something? I don't think people use big brushes as much as they should. I think a lot of people really go to the small stuff first. But big brushes are faster. And they get you to think big in terms of shapes. I mean, I'm doing all this little stuff right now, but before this, it was all shapes everywhere that I was trying to fill in. And I think that big brushes are underused by a lot of people. I think they really need to have a bigger role than we would like them to. And I understand why we don't want to use them as much because they are awkward. They don't give you remotely the amount of control that a thin brush would but there's a lot of advantages. So, okay, it's confession time. Who here goes right to those small brushes way too soon and does not spend a lot of time with big brushes? Oh, 10,000 crows cross-stitch because ever since AI started making art, I've been kind of unmotivated to make original art, but cross-stitch still lets me create without the stress. That's such a beautiful art form. And you know something, no amount of technology is ever going to replace something like that. 
things that are handmade, they have such a intimate quality to them, which is why I love buying gifts and things at art fairs because it's just so different, especially because people order a lot of stuff online now. Getting there, meeting the artist, getting to hear them talk about their work because people always talk to me about, oh, I want to do this for artists. And yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but another form of helping artists is to buy their work. So tell me in the chat, when's the last time you bought something from an artist and what was it? And maybe where? Did you get it online? Did you get it in person? I feel like the last artist thing I bought was one of Mia's rugs for my kids. I feel like there's something else that I can't remember. But think about this. When somebody buys your work, it just, oh my gosh, it, it just feels amazing. I don't know. It's like I never get over that. I mean, I haven't sold that much work. But when I sell something, it, it's just this like magical moment where it's like, wow, you liked what I made, but you liked what I made enough to buy it from me. Because people appreciate art all the time, which is important. But it is very different, that feeling, when somebody buys your work. And Amanda, practicing interior perspective, not fun. You got to make it fun, Amanda. <laughs> Stephanie's knitting a sweater. Awesome. Ray says, small brushes drive me nuts. That's unusual. <laughs> it's not common. Because you know something, everybody, Amazon has enough money. I mean, I, I know I use it as much as everybody else does. Sometimes you just can't beat the convenience. But when it comes to something like gifts, to me, there's no super compelling reason that you have to buy a gift via Amazon. Oh, geez, this acrylic ink is already drying up on me. I didn't think it was going to be so dry so quickly. I'm not happy with this contour of his face. I feel like maybe his chin needs to be bigger. So let's just bring that up a little bit. And maybe add a little shading on the side. Something about this contour. I think his chin is not big enough. I think. Let's give it a shot. So everybody knows this is not going to be a very exciting live stream. There's just, you get to this point and they're just, the changes you make are so minimal. Oh, okay. That looks a little better. I think he just needed a bigger chin. And he does have a cleft chin, so I need to... It looks all weirdly distorted on my screen. But I think that's what I need. Yeah, that feels a little bit better. You know what I'm missing? I don't have any highlights on this side. Oh, yeah, and I don't have them here either. Well, how did I skip that? This whole section needs to be highlighted. Okay, that's better. I don't know why I just skipped that part. Yeah, I just was missing the contour. Yeah, the funny thing about that wasp poster that I just randomly decided to do, I just thought, oh, this will be a practice thing. 
but then people were like, can I buy one? I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you want this poster in your room? I mean, I guess some people really like horror movies. So I guess that makes sense. I just was surprised because I don't know, like I never make stuff with the intention of selling it just because that's not my emphasis as an artist. I don't spend a lot of time trying to sell. I don't know. And then I was thinking, you know, maybe for my, because really the reason I'm making these posters is for my portfolio. I want to build up some new pieces. So when I send it out again, I have something different. But who knows, maybe maybe my shtick is <laughs> making up a movie, imaginary movie, and then making an imaginary poster for it. <laughs> because that, that was sort of the part of that, which I thought was really funny. Making up my own silly movie with my own silly tagline, I thought was pretty entertaining. I mean, it was making me laugh. And anytime your art can make you laugh, I think it's worth it. Yeah, he definitely needs more chin. I think it's just the four. So actually I'm using my finger a lot. You'll see I'll put it down and then wipe it away. Or another option is to use my paper towel. Because what I'll do oftentimes is I'll put this down but then I might want to blend it in a little bit more. And so that's just a handy thing. If you have your paper towel readily available, it can be a big difference. So here, like, I don't like how hard the edges, I like to keep the edges a little bit softer. So this is really cool. I just, I really like the glaze that's starting to happen. Actually, I need more acrylic ink. It's already dried. I wasn't expecting it to dry that fast. Ginny is asking, is that white paint you're using? worries. I can explain again. This is Sennelier Abstract Acrylic Inks. And the other white that I have is this white 2.0 by Stuart Semple. And this is opaque. So this is acrylic paint. The other one's acrylic ink. And the acrylic ink, the white is very transparent. This is super opaque. So I like using those together. Yeah, so Colleen, it's a combination of things. So a lot of the blue you see up here, this is all watercolor pencils, but then all this stuff around, this is all watercolor. And then this white stuff is acrylic ink. I'll probably do some more mixing later on combinations. Although I put some purple colored pencil up here and I don't like the way it looks. So this I probably am gonna go over with watercolor. But, oh my gosh, it's so many layers. I mean, this was like four layers. <laughs> I know it doesn't look like it, but what I try to do is I put it down light and then I incrementally add layers to make it darker, but it takes time. I mean, sometimes it's like five layers to get to the tone and value that I want. Coney says, I live on a farm. I'm burning trash, hanging bird feeders, filling bird baths with water and starting taxes. I really want time to do art. I haven't done laundry in three days. <laughs> it's starting to pile up. Sometimes you got to paint. Well, you guys know how I feel about my bird feeder. <laughs> it's disgusting. I mean, it looks like in those alien movies, you know, they have those disgusting glass chambers and the aliens are inside. It looks like that because the wasp nest is inside the bird feeder. C. Cantrell says your approach to the nest was great because you had so much emotion driving you and then you had fun. I know that was the best combination of things. I, I've discovered that I've been spending too much 
of my career making serious work. And I'm not saying that's not engaging, but when you can really laugh about things, it's hysterical. It's really fun because I, I feel so grossed out by that thing. It, it's disgusting. <laughs> All right, let's get back. So right now I'm tweaking. I'm not really painting so much. I'm just spending a lot of time making changes to the form. Because Sweeney Todd, he used to look crazed. They are a nutty duo. And by the way, if some of you are not up to date on your Aaron Tveit news, he did make his debut as Sweeney Todd on Friday. And yes, I am crying that I didn't get to go. But I am going in March, so that'll be really fun. And I'm planning on shooting footage there with Deep D. Oh, actually, this is a really good question for everybody. So we're going to be going. One of the things I told Deep D is that I really want to do more museum visits. Shoot some videos there. For those of you who are familiar with New York City art museums, tell me in the chat, are there any particular museums you'd like to see us visit? We did go to the Guggenheim last time, so I'm not going to do the Guggenheim, but there's MoMA, the Met, the Frick. I feel like I'm forgetting some other ones, but anyway. Tell me in the chat if there's a particular museum you'd like to see us hit. Because, oh, there's so many, it's really hard to make a decision. So maybe some of you guys can help me make that decision. A little worried his eyes are too far apart. Ugh. Classic example of something I don't want to fix. I'm going to make the eye on the left a little bit bigger, and then I may have to move the eye on the right over. Because I do think the eye on the left is a little bit too small. want his eyelids to be more pronounced. Oh, you guys, I have to move the eye over. I really do. I hate when I have to redo things, but I don't think I can get out of this. All right, let's do it. I don't need to move it over that much, but yeah, it's enough to be annoying. Ugh. I mean, th this is the type of thing I, I could leave it and I could say to myself, oh, it's good enough. It's okay. But you always have this part of you that goes, ugh. I know it was wrong. I know I should change it, but I didn't. And I'm always going to notice that every time I look at this piece. So I would much rather go through the hassle of changing it than to just leave it knowing that I am totally seeing something I should fix, but I chickened out and didn't fix it. Oh, I need my paper towel. Yeah, so the smudging I'm doing right now, this is with a damp paper towel because I don't want to just use a dry one. It's not going to blend very well. Because actually, I think this eye should be bigger as well. I think it's a little too small. Let's make that a little bigger. Okay, that is better. Okay, I'm very glad that I changed that. Although I think it could go a little more. Just 
take a closer look. It's hard because it's also contingent upon what's happening here. And I think I need to make this... I think the nose needs to go over a little bit more. I mean, aren't portraits just so frustrating? <laughs> Who here likes portraits? Who here likes them, but they drive you crazy? Because I love them. I love doing portraits, but they also drive me crazy. It's very frustrating, and especially when you're really worried about likeness. I'm not worried about it right now, but I will be later. I think it needs to go over just a little more. Ugh. I hate these little picky things that we have to do, but with a portrait, it's sort of unavoidable having to do all that. And it's sort of nice because the damp cloth, it does activate the colored pencil, the watercolor pencil that I've been using. So it, it's actually sort of nice the way I can remove stuff, but then I can also have it blend pretty well because of the watercolor pencil. Yeah, that's definitely better. Okay, I'm really glad I made that change. Who here has done that? Me. Where you go, ah, I'm just going to leave it. And then you totally regret it later. <laughs> it's very upsetting. So that's why I really try to just suck it up and make the changes. I don't know. I just feel so disappointed in myself if I don't do that. So actually here, I'm going to just take the watercolor pencil and I'm going to activate here to smudge that more. And then, I mean, I feel like with this particular technique, I spend quite a bit of time dabbing things with my paper towel. Oh yeah, that looks way better. Okay. I'm very glad I made that change. I think that would have been really bad. Oh, damn paper towel. See? So I put, I guess what I'm doing is I'm putting down the acrylic ink and then I get it to settle down with the damp cloth. Oh, his pupil's still not quite far enough to the left. Okay, that's much better. Oh. Whew. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> Let's see where people want me to go. MoMA. The Met. See, the Met is so overwhelming. It's gigantic. I could spend a week there and still feel like I hadn't seen everything. But MoMA, I haven't been to in a really long time. I feel like the last time I was there was maybe graduate school, which is, sheesh, 2002, over 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm so old. Yes, there is the Brooklyn Museum. The only thing about the Brooklyn Museum, it's sort of a pain in the butt to get to. And the thing is, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be doing is going to be in Manhattan. So I'm not going to maybe have the time to go. I'll have to see. It's just, I feel like we have to have videos on the Met and MoMA first. <laughs> Plus, I looked at the Brooklyn Museum's exhibitions, and I'm not that excited about it. I think one show is going to be Paul McCartney's photos. And then there's another one, which is art collections of celebrities. I can't remember. It's like Alicia Keys and her art collection. So I'm not that thrilled. What I want to do is go gallery hopping with Lauren and Chelsea, but she's not going to be in New York during the week that I'm going to be here, which is a bummer. So we'll have to do it next time. 
So Emmett's doing the thousand phase challenge. When you repeat something that many times, you automatically get better. Guaranteed. You, you can't do something that many times and not get better. And sometimes that's what art is. Repeat things. Very boring, not glamorous advice. But it's like that. If you want to be a better runner, you run a lot. <laughs> You'll get better if you don't run a lot. Got to log those hours. 7A says, portraits are the most finicky thing, but tremendously satisfying to finish. Yeah, exactly. Once you get there, <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's just all the time that leads up to that. Or, you know, another suggestion I would love, if there's any specialty stores in New York, let me know because one of the most amazing stores I went to, and there's actually a few in New York, was in the fashion district. They have button stores. The entire store is just buttons and it's extraordinary. I think there's a pencil store in New York. I gotta look it up. But then the other place I might wanna go to is Guerra Paint where they have all these pigments and they have, I have to look again, but I think they have pigment kits where they give you the binder and the pigment. I have to do a little bit more research, but especially since somebody bought me that egg tempera, one of the items was a binder. And so I actually put on my wish list some of the pigments to use to make the egg tempera because actually I've never made my own paints before. That's a totally new experience. But I guess I'm intimidated by the whole process because there's safety and it's hard to get good information on that. So who here has made their own paints? And actually, Andrew Raftery, who is my former professor at RISD, he taught this amazing painting techniques class after I graduated, <laughs> where he shows them how to make walnut ink and they cut their own quill pens. I so wish I'd gone to take that class. Parasu says, couple smaller museums near me, one of them has an Andy Warhol. Those regional museums are really great to go to because it's sort of frustrating when you go to a major museum and it's just so crowded. I, it just drives me bats when I go to a museum and it's like, you can't even see the work. It just is so frustrating because actually at the Louvre, everybody's busy looking at the Mona Lisa, but actually in the exact same room, at least when I went there, is Caravaggio's Death of the Virgin which in my opinion is a better painting. <laughs> it's amazing. And nobody was looking at it. Everybody was looking at the Mona Lisa. Oh, banana nut, that's such a bummer. I know, I wish New York Central was still there. That's an extraordinary, well, it was an extraordinary store and it was just the most extraordinary collection of papers, which for me, I would just have a total meltdown in there in a positive way. All right. So it sounds like people want me to go to MoMA. I'll have to check it out. The other thing is the New York City museums are so expensive. I haven't looked, but I feel like the last time I looked at MoMA, adult admission was like 35. It's only two people, $70. I was like, are you crazy? And I'm so glad that I took my kids to the Met when they were younger because it was free at the time. And you know something, I'm an artist. And with the admission fees, I would not take my kids because if you have two adults and two kids, oh my gosh, it's well over $100 to go. And the thing is, when your kids are little, they're done after about a half an hour. And I, I understand, I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't charge admission at the Met. I'm just bummed that they weren't able to sustain it, which I get. I mean, it must be astronomically expensive to organize a museum. I, I totally get it. It's just a bummer. 
Harold's asking, will it be an art prof get together? I think so. I'd love to do one. We did a meetup when I was there in May, I think. And so many people came. I mean, like 25 people came. It was amazing. It was like, wow. <laughs> so who here, if we did a meetup in New York, would be interested? I don't know when, but we did the last one around 6.30 to make sure people were out from work. But yeah, tell me in the chat if you guys would be interested in a meetup. Kramer Pigments. Oh, I've never heard of them before. I'll take a look at that. Is that a store, Sarah? Or something else? Yeah, I, I think it's amazing when the museums are free. I mean, has anybody here been to Washington, D.C.? Because all the Smithsonian museums are free, and that just blew my mind. I didn't know when we went to Washington, D.C. that they were all free. And, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. We saw so many museums. And, again, it's like I would never have taken my kids if they had charged admission. I love the Frick. Well, the thing about the Frick is that they have Vermeers there. And I feel like I should... Well, they have Vermeers at the Met also. But the Frick is a much more intimate experience. It's a smaller museum. Maybe I should go to the Frick. How, how many people know about the Frick? Because a lot of people know about MoMA, people know about the Met, but the Frick is not as well known. So tell me in the chat, have you heard of the Frick? Yes or no? And you lurkers out there, I would like to hear from you too. Yes or no, have you been to the Frick Museum in New York City? Lucien Freud, late etchings, free exhibition, UBS gallery, 40 works, Oh, that sounds really cool. I don't think I've seen his etchings in person. I will check that out, Sarah, because <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm getting a little tired of Quentin Blake <laughs> and Michaels. <laughs> it just, there, there's not a lot to be done there. I mean, they're fine. They get the job done, but it just, nothing beats these other types of places. I wish, wouldn't this be an awesome show? Well, I mean, it's, it's the same thing as what I've been thinking. So I have this idea. I wanted a travel show where, well, some of you may have seen, I did that quote pilot in Japan where each episode I go on site to paint something I visit a museum and I go to an art supply store. Does that sound like an awesome show? <laughs> That's my pipe dream. That's what I want. I always thought that Art Prof would be my swan song, but that would be my swan song is having that type of show. But wouldn't that be so fun if I could just travel to all these countries and just go to art supply stores? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> because I was actually surprised when we went to Portugal. We saw the art store there and it was just like the US. It was not that different. I mean, they had a couple things that were different, but I felt like I'd walked into an American art store. It really was not as dramatically different as I thought it would be. Now, Japan, on the other hand, oh, yes, that was different than an American art store. It's just the, the appreciation they have for old art forms, and it, it's really stunning. Of course, we're all talking about AI and stuff like that, but, oh, my gosh, it's such a relief when you see people who have such an appreciation for the history, the craft of things, So actually, I'm curious, how many of you guys are using AI? Because I haven't used it. I've seen that they have AI effects in a lot of the apps now. For example, Video Leap 
which is the editing app that we use, they have something where you can put in AI effects. But I really was sort of horrified <laughs> because I just tried some of the filters just to see what it looked like. And it, it just, oh, I, I remember sort of feeling repulsed <laughs> by the, I think, I mean, maybe I used the wrong filter, but I just was icked out by the way it looked and just thought to myself, oh my goodness, I, I don't think I could ever use this stuff. I mean, naturally the technology keeps changing. So who knows where it'll be in even just a few months, it's probably going to be different. It's crazy because even just a few months ago, it didn't do such a great job. Like you could really tell, but it's like now, oh my God, they had that. Anybody see that quiz that was in the New York Times? They had AI images and photos of real people and... I got almost all of them wrong. I couldn't believe it. I think I only got one right. And there were so many that were AI that I thought were totally photos and they were not. I don't know. I'm just such a manual person. I just really, really like, just, I love paint. I love paper. I mean, just my finger moving across the surface. It just, there's nothing like that. And I do want to get better at my digital skills. I mean, that's an area that's always been a gap for me in my skill set. But ultimately, this is for me, this way of working. Oh, actually, here's a good question. How many of you guys do both digital and traditional? And how many of you only do digital and how many of you only do traditional? Because I, I use digital stuff, I don't think it counts. <laughs> I'm just not good at it. I would say I know digital on a need to know basis and that's it. Not more than that. Whereas I look at people like Kat and Mia, who are so good at both, I'm like, oh man, I can't do that. You know, I think I better figure out where the side of his head is. Because I don't think he has enough here. I think it's getting a little too thin. So let me, I know you guys probably can't even see this, but and a lot of this is going to get very dark, but just for me, I, I need some definition of where the head ends. So just some really quick things with the colored pencil. Let's get his chin a little bit better defined. And what I'm going to do now so I'm going to activate some of this colored pencil over here. I feel like I'm using the paper towel more than I'm using the other stuff. It's weird. Okay, I feel better about his base shape. I think he just didn't have enough chin before. He does have a nice chin. I think I could even add more. Well, especially because he's got a beard, which I haven't added yet. That might be too much chin. Okay, let's roll it back. <laughs> yeah, this stuff looks too much chin. So probably time to start adding some of that beard. And actually the colored pencil is really good for that. There might be areas where I just leave it as colored pencil. Like in a lot of sections, I put down the colored pencil and then I blended it. But for something like the beard, might actually be more helpful to do it that way. Let's do a little bit of the teeth. I drew the teeth last night and they look terrible. So I'm hoping I can 
make it work this time. They just look oh so bad. Teeth are hard to draw. Has anybody here tried to draw a smile? Smiles that show teeth are really hard. I mean, why do you think Mona Lisa's not smiling? It's so much easier. But I think sometimes the smiles, they, they come out very creepy looking. When it's not supposed to, I mean, this is supposed to be creepy, but oftentimes it's not supposed to be creepy. And it is. I guess there's a reason they have that movie called Smile, which by the way, was a bad movie. It was just jump scares. I, I didn't think it was that fun. Like, there wasn't a lot of story, even though there were jump scares, which I thought was a little dumb. Yeah, actually, let's go in and add more beard. Because, oh boy, that's a big difference. That's kind of fun. Because now I can add the beard to have this coarseness to it. Which I think is, I mean, it's not that you can't do it in watercolor, but this inherent scruff is very handy. Especially over here. Oh yeah, I like that. I think that's working. Just as a technique. And I think his mouth is not quite white enough, so let's just pull it out a little more. Oh, that's okay. All right, I'm feeling better now. Because there's always that wonky stage where it's like, ugh, this is not happening. And actually here, I think I'm gonna make that a little softer just because there's all this smoke that I'm gonna do later. And we'll see where that goes. But here I wanna define some of the beard. I mean, I'm sure a lot of this is going to get redrawn, but I need to get that scruff in there. Can't leave him beardless for that long. And I'm very curious to see his performance because it's so different than Moulin Rouge, where he's like this romantic lead. But also because I did see Josh Groban and Annalee Ashford in, I think it was it. Oh no, I saw them in September. Okay, yeah. But Annalee Ashford was incredible. She was so good. And of course, Josh Groban is Josh Groban. I like this technique. I wasn't sure if I was going to like the white acrylic ink, but it's pretty fun. And let's see. Oh, okay. So Sarah says Kremer pigment. Nothing like seeing all the dry pigment colors. Oh gosh. Okay. I think I'll go there. I'll go there and I'll go to Guerra paint because I'm very curious. Oh, right, the new gallery. Is that the gallery that has a lot of German expressionism? I feel like I always hear about Cassie Kollowitz or Klimt shows there, although I could be thinking about the wrong place. Thank you, Goddess Ren. I'm so happy you can join us. That's what it is. 7A, when I used some of those AI effects in Video Leap, it, it did. It felt really, number one, creepy. And real. I mean, it's artificial intelligence, but it just felt so fake. It, it didn't have any humanity for good reason. Oh, Teresa went to clean up a pick of friends, getting crap off the table. Photoshop AI added a random stranger. What? 
Oh, that's <laughs> ew. That's so weird. Okay, so we have people doing traditional, both, both. Yeah, I really need to get on the digital wagon. Well, Laura says only digital until a few weeks ago when I switched to oils. That's really cool. Laura, tell us in the chat why you made that decision. Because I don't think that's very common. Thank you so much, RB Dick, for the super sticker. We so much appreciate your support. Those super stickers and super chats coming. Every live stream is an opportunity to do that. Before I do some more painting, I'd like you guys to know that we are doing registration for our March and April workshops. This is where you get to work with me in real time, get feedback on voice, and you get to work with a small group of artists. I know that so often online teaching is, oh, okay, here's some videos everybody pay to watch, but it's not hands-on. And to me, that's 75% of teaching is the hands-on part. And so I, I don't really process how people do that. I mean, I guess it's a great way to make passive income. But to me, if you're just giving people access to videos, it's not really enough. I, I think you need more. I mean, I'm not saying you can't learn from a video. Obviously, we have videos. But... I think it's a very different thing when the instructor actually comments on your stuff. Has anybody here taken an online class where you got comments and feedback from the instructor? I know sometimes places will have you get to spend time with the instructor and then they have some kind of forum but so many of the ones I've seen in the forum, it's just the students. The teacher isn't actually in there. And it's funny, I was talking to somebody the other day about the workshops and how they work. And they said to me, oh my God, Clara, that is so much work for you to be giving them all that feedback. And because in the workshops, you get feedback from me written a week before and a week after. And so actually, technically the live session is just one time, but you get access to support a week before and a week after in the Discord. And that, that's something I don't think a lot of people realize. A lot of people think it's just that one three hour day, but actually there's a lot that happens during the week before and the week after. But anyway, this person couldn't believe that I spent that much time typing comments to people. And yeah, it's tedious. It's a ton of work. But it's like I can't imagine teaching a class any other way if I'm not interacting with them. So you, you get the full deal when you sign on for our workshops. It's not just to watch these videos or stuff. from a scaling perspective is probably not a very good model, but I don't care. Like I just, I don't think I could be one of those, I guess, passive income sites. Like I just, the interaction is what gets me excited. And I just have a hard time thinking about just, just the idea of teaching a class where I don't interact with people seems really weird. I mean, I guess I would do a lot less work. Yeah, I'd be like a tenth of work. But to me, it's like I'm not really teaching if I don't have that. I like this. I like how the colored pencil is smearing as I put in the acrylic inks. That is really fun. Well, because it just gets the acrylic ink to sink in because it's just everything's blending together. That I did not anticipate. I'm liking this. 
I wasn't sure that I was going to like the white acrylic. It's sort of like if you buy drawing inks, like Winsor & Newton has a whole line. And I remember their line comes with a white ink, but it always just seems sort of pathetically weak. <laughs> and so I never really found a good use for it. Well, this is funny because I started with a different reference photo and I've sort of merged it with this one, which I guess is good. So that way it doesn't look like I'm like copying one person's thing. Okay. Yeah, I got to get back to this eye. I wasn't really spending much time on it before. smear that together some more. Oh, I like that effect. That's really fun. See, your paper towel is your best friend. Your paper towel knows how to bail you out. And it's funny, I usually like rags, but for some reason for watercolor, I really prefer the paper towel. I mean, I guess the paper towel is more wasteful, but I don't know. There's something about the texture of it that for me works better than when I have a rag. Yeah, actually tell me in the chat, we had a whole paper towel discussion. What type of paper towels do you use? Or do you use cotton rags? Or there's also those blue shop towels, which I really like. It's sort of like a paper towel, but it's like much more durable. I should get some of those. I don't have any. I'm just using crappy kitchen paper towels. I haven't been to the hardware store for a long time. I really like hardware stores. They're great places for artists to get stuff that is 10 times more expensive at the art store. <laughs> So like here I'm putting in the white acrylic ink, but I'm putting it in super thin so I can build up the highlights without feeling like I have to make them super dark. So basically what it is, is like a white glaze that I'm putting over all this stuff. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. <laughs> Banana nut says more and more menacing. Well, I didn't like the earlier version because I felt like the expression wasn't that aggressive. And I think about Sweeney Todd as being a really terrifying dude. And so when they came out with this reel of Aaron Tveit looking menacing, I was like, okay, that, that is the screenshot that I need because the other ones weren't looking so great. But I changed a couple things. Like in the earlier one, his eyebrow is more tilted. Oh man, guys, I think the eyes are still too small. Uh, this it might be this one. I think the left one might be okay. So actually, before I forget, let me do this one again because I think this one really is a little too small. Yeah, that's a little better. I think it needs to be a little more round. Oh. Oh, with portrait, it's just like constant picking. Okay, that's it. Yeah, so I was right. The new galleries where they show a lot of German expressionism. Yeah, new museums very different. So Laura explains, I went from digital to oils because I need to prove to myself that I can. When I hear from oil artists, oh, well, it's digital with that tone, you get a bit insecure. Well, that's awfully judgmental. <laughs> I think that's annoying. Anybody who's doing that to you is not that nice. I look at the digital stuff that Kat, Mia, and Jordan do, and I'm just in awe. I mean... Jordan has amazing line work. Kat doesn't do her line work in digital. She does it all with a dip pen. But I look at the quality of Jordan's lines. I mean, he's so thorough 
about everything. I mean, that takes work. So people who think all digital is one thing, I think that's awfully narrow-minded. And I, I just, I'm so sick of the, I guess, hierarchy that people create that, oh, paintings are higher up on the food chain than prints, which they are. A painting will always be valued higher than a print. But it just frustrates me that people have such premeditated ideas about digital being inherently less appreciated than oils. It's just a different crowd. That's all it is. There are people who really are invested in digital and people who really are invested in oils, and that's fine. But we don't have to put the other group of people down. Parasu's doing a GD course on Coursera. Instructors outright said they wouldn't be involved in the class. See, I find that frustrating. I mean, I'm sure you can learn stuff. I'm not saying you can't. But to me, the meat of teaching is one-on-one -on -one feedback with the instructor. That's where you really learn because it's not one size fits all. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard me say sort of similar things to different people, but I'm always thinking about the individual and what does this person need and how would I change? I mean, everybody that I teach, I could be telling the exact same thing, but I will say it a little bit differently depending on who they are or where I think they need to be pushed. Oh, I didn't know, Sarah, that you can rinse them out and reuse. Maybe I should get some of those. Because for watercolor, that really would be doable. AA uses old clothes. Bounty. <laughs> you should do a commercial for them. Maybe I need to do a reel on paper towels. <laughs> I mean, that's the nice thing about these one-minute videos is that you can get super specific about things. And sometimes I make the reels and I'm like, does anybody care about this? And then I get all these comments. I'm like, wow, people have very strong feelings about erasers. <laughs> it's very funny. I love our audience. Ginny says, are you going to do the beard? It's one of the hardest things to draw or paint for me. I will. I just feel like I need to figure out some of the lighting. I don't feel like I'm totally ready to do the beard yet, but yeah, absolutely. Can't skip the beard <laughs> when it comes to Sweeney Dodd. We are doing registration for our March and April workshops. Hope some of you guys will take advantage of the opportunity to work with me in real time and get support and work with a small group of artists. Check out our Open Studios Club. We just started this a few weeks ago and it's already such a fun, casual setting. You get to work on your personal projects, I work with you on voice in real time, and it's so fun. We've had a few sessions, and I feel like it's just a giant art party. It's got great energy. People are really helping each other, and I'm just loving it. I will be in the Discord right after the stream. Please meet me in the post-live streams channel. I can also post a better photo of where the painting is. Join our Patreon group. This is such a great opportunity because you get to make art friends. So many people tell me they don't have art friends. Here's a great place to do it. You also get really long critiques from me and you can share your art in weekly voice sessions. Art Prof has services, artist calls, portfolio critiques, statement editing, and personal art curriculums. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.